Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox. Good evening, my fellow truth seekers, and welcome to Beneath the Surface here at WCAP Radio, where faith and reason meets every Monday evening between 10 and 11 p.m., bringing a little sanity into our age of insanity, a little life into our culture of death. We are broadcasting live here at the WCAP studios at 9.80 a.m., which is live-streamed through the Internet and the WCAP website, as well as TuneIn.com. And then it is podcast throughout the internets on Archive, Podbeam, Breadbox Media, iTunes, iHeart, and other media outlets. Well, glad you could join us, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we go beneath the surface on the 15-year anniversary celebration of Beneath the Surface television and radio. Woohoo! Woohoo! And... Um, um, um. Our topic this evening is going to be Mercy Without Justice, the Recipe for Disaster. And as you may have guessed, speaking of guests, my guests tonight are my three regular rotating guests all here at the same time. Hello. 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 We, did, we didn't rehearse that. I mean, should have apparently, apparently not. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. Right. And I was late, so. <laughs> well, um... We'll get it right eventually. Yeah, Cindy, my mic, I'm not hearing that well, and Kansas, I'm hearing a little too loud. Other than that, uh, that's just my projection. That's the way. That's just the way I project. Just uh, can't say something, so we go. I'm stentorian. Again, stentorian. I'm loud. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that mic. Means loud. Yeah, I can't even. uh, I can't even do it from here. It's not the volume doesn't go up and down from this board for some reason. You know what it is? I don't. I would. I would be that. It's because I don't have headphones. The volume is compensated. Well, no, you've got to go at least four inches. Yeah. You want me to, want me to lay Perfect. back a little bit? Yes. Is that yeah. too far back? That's better. That's, that's better. That's too far back. Yeah. Bob says it's too far back. Another inch and you're perfect. We're experiencing ah, technical difficulties. Fabulous. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Now I just can't there they are. the whole show. From left to right on your radio, <laughs> Mr. Bob LeBlanc. Hey there. Mr. Kent Niebuhr. I think I've already been introduced. And Mr. John Tudoris. Hey, Paul. Hey, he's doing me, doing me. How you doing? (laughs) Yes, John, you were just doing Bob doing John. Or no, you were doing Bob doing... John doing John doing Bob, yes. (laughs) But anyway, it came out okay. When when Bob does me doing Bob. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey, Paul. 
All right. I'm caught in the crossfire. I don't have anything to do with what they're talking about right now. Now, behind the uh, glasses are usual, as usual, our producer, Cindy. And our topic for this evening, again, is Mercy Without Justice, the recipe for disaster. Before we get beneath the surface on that good stuff, important stuff, I just want to, again, mention the fact that we are all here tonight, and usually when the four of us are here, it's some kind of celebration. We're celebrating. We have been here at WCAP Radio doing BTS Radio since February of 2013. That makes five years. But that was just an extension of Beneath the Surface Television, which we did in Burlington Cable Access Television since 2003. We were just kids. <laughs> so from 2003, we're talking this summer was 15 years of Beneath the Surface. Congratulations, because you three were with me since relatively since the beginning. That's hard to believe. Almost. 15 Almost. years. Almost, yeah. I remember doing a show with Bob in the beginning. It was about Christmas. We did a Christmas show. We That's did a Christmas right. show we did together. A Christmas show together. Yeah. Yes. And and the line you came up with was, we see all these bumper stickers that say "Keep Christ in Christmas," and you said, "How about keeping the mass in Christmas? Why aren't oh, people going to mass for Christmas?" I don't even remember that. It I made an impression, Bob. Made me go to mass. Oh, it's Christmas <laughs> and Easter. Or, or Ash Wednesday. Oh yes. Right? Got to get your bling. Yeah. Right. Got to get your. Ashes. So I've heard there's A and P Catholics who are ashes and palms, and C and E Catholics who are Christmas you're, you're, and you're again. You're too close to oh, the mic. Sorry. Now, now you're too far. All right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> about that. Too. All right. Fabulous. I don't have headphones tonight because I yeah. showed up late. That's they, that, docked, that, they see, docked That's me what happens. That's what happens. They you got to get here on time. I was saying, like I was telling you folks, my wife was saying, well, do they usually get here on time? And I said, well, John, I, well, Kent is always late. Oh, Bob is always early, and John is usually just right, just like the three little pigs. We sh- we're sitting in the wrong order, right. then. We ought yes. to be sitting right. in the other seats, then. Well, anyway, thank you, all three of you, for being a part of Beneath the Surface uh, television and then now radio and podcasting for the past 15 years. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. I know that you've been here from the beginning, too. Well, especially me. Yeah. You know, if you want to get technical, you guys really weren't there from the beginning. We're just blow-ins. Yeah. <laughs> We're late arrivals. We, we came in later. In fact, yeah. your show started before I returned back to the church. No, it wow. didn't. Yes. Oh, it's 2003, you're right. Wait, what? Yes. 2003? Yeah. 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 I was just I was just a newbie in the, the sum- Catholic church. I was, the I was, summer of 03. But I was baptized in 98. So, yeah, I was, uh, what, four, what did you say, 03? 03. Five yeah. years ago. So, so yeah. were you a toddler then? No, I wasn't a toddler. Actually, I'm an adult convert. The, the first no, show. No, no, I mean, like a toddler in the. You know. A toddler in the faith, yes. Ah. I was toddling around the. Uh, John, you got to get close to your mic. What? Yeah. I so, <laughs> so, I remember, Kent, the first show that you came on beneath the surface. First of all, your head was shaved. You were like a, skin, had, you were like a skinhead. Yeah. yeah. Well, nah, maybe. Well. <laughs> I mean, what do you say? When you say I'm like a skinhead, you're just talking and, about and my uh, haircut? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, no, just, just your head. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else. Inside or no, outside? No, no, no. Totally inside, you were totally cool. Okay. And, uh, but uh, that's the first time I met you because we had a mutual friend, Bernie. Yeah, right. And Loretta. And Actually, I think uh, Lori Glasser was the mutual friend okay. who facilitated the... Uh, okay. She called. She said, yeah. I've got a friend who would be great to do the show. And, yeah. And we, we knew we knew our friends, but we didn't know each other. So you came yeah. on my show for that first time, and we talked about your 
miraculous um, uh, conversion experience. Yeah, yeah yes. that's right. That's yeah. going back a ways now. 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary as a Catholic. Congratulations. All these I should get a tattoo for that or something. You should. But unfortunately, you have a Yankee shirt on, so it, uh, <laughs> it sort of dampens it a little bit. See, we, it's how I stay humble. We want, we, we, see, we, do, we want as many converts as possible, but I always thought that Yankees fans didn't get to heaven. I, I well, think this, is, this is the thing. Every yeah. time the Pope comes to the United, the United States... He goes to Boston. He, he says Mass. <laughs> Where? Yeah. At Yankees. Gathers the faithful at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. That's because they need it the, the most. Is that what... Yeah. That? yeah. So I was sent... Yeah. Into uh, Red Sox Nation to evangelize. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. To yeah, make and, and, and now they're ten games behind the Red Sox, so you're, you've, you've done a good job. Uh, yeah, nine yeah. and a half actually. Uh, uh, I don't know about much. that. It was ten and a half yesterday uh, or the day before. But anyway, enough about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready to get beneath the surface or not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we've All been right. just superficial so far. Yeah, we have. <laughs> All right, so the, the topic tonight is mercy without justice, uh, the recipe for disaster. Our phone number, if you folks listening want to get involved in our conversation, if you're listening live, it's 978-454-4980. That's 978-454-4980. Or you simply can write down your thoughts at facebook.com slash fellow truth seekers. All one question. word. Can uh, I call in? Uh, well, you don't have, have to question. call in. All right. Uh, yes. the, the video that your lovely bride is shooting right now, is yes. that live streaming video? No. Or is that going to be uploaded later? No, that will be uploaded. Is she allowed to speak because she's yeah. just shaking yeah. her head over mm-hmm. there? Well, no. She's <laughs> <laughs> I told her at the end of the show, I want to I wanna interview her, but she said, no way. So if Not she, happening. If, she's, if she speaks on the air, she needs to be on the payroll? Is that how it works? That, that's how it works. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nine seven eight four five four. Four nine eight zero is our phone number. I don't know if you, you know, beneath the surface regulars will know whose voice is who, but from now on, when you guys talk, I will just remind them who's talking. So when I say your name, don't think that I, I'm, I'm not, I want your attention. I think we should. I'm just put on telling them tags. who you are. We should wear name tags. I don't know then. if that'll work on radio name tag. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a start. Yeah, I mean, it we have audio name? That's it what Paul's describing. <laughs> he like, is like the audio whisper. name tag. Yeah, I am the audio name tag, You're John. Now listening to Kent. Kent here. Now, I think Bob. John Kent, should be the audio the name tag. I yes, just like but, that but, voice. But John has the, <laughs> but, but he can't just do it in that voice, though. He has to do it in all different voices. John is a man really? of a thousand voices. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think I just heard a uh, just our president, uh, a former president, walk into the studio, didn't I? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Let's Na- kick him out. Yeah, nine seven eight four five four forty nine eight is our phone number. All right, so. Justice, mercy, they're the two sides of love, they're the two sides of God, the church, the world, human nature, fallen as it is, seems to always vacillate between too much justice, not enough mercy, and too much mercy, not enough justice. The pendulum swings back and forth. One could make the the large generalization that within the church, pre-Vatican II, uh, seemed to be uh, a little too much justice without enough mercy. Post-Vatican II, too much ver- mercy without enough justice. Gentlemen, mercy without justice, is it the recipe for disaster? Should we go like, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Elaborate. Uh, well, uh, it, well, for one, is if you don't have a proper balance between the two, inevitably you go into error. 
Yes. All all virtues are connected to each other, and if you ex- if they're not exercised in proper order, uh, you're toast. Well, we yeah. see symptoms of that. Um, uh, people are, I, I think, justifiably angry right now, and that anger is is at root or showing uh, that desire for justice. We're not seeing the justice right now, and everybody is crying out. Well, in the past, they were crying out for mercy without really going after the justice aspect of this. Now, Bob, on, on the rest of you, do you see truth and justice as sort of um, uh, related and mercy and compassion as related? Can sure. We, can we yeah. say that these are like the masculine and the feminine sides or dimensions of, of love and relationship? Yeah, the thing is is, is that we want the whole thing. Yes. We want the, 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 the truth and justice, and we want the mercy and compassion. And would you say, if, I, if you don't mind me going beneath the surface, that um, conservatism usually focuses a little, little more on justice than mercy, and liberalism focuses usually a little more on mercy than justice? I'd say so. And, and liberalism is a little more feminine in, in, its, uh, in its outlook and approach, and conservatism perhaps a little more masculine. I, I think you can make that argument. Okay. And I, and I, but, I, you know, you go back to the book of Genesis, and um, what you have is God creating humanity, male and female. So just like too much justice, not enough mercy is going to blow things up, and too much mercy, not enough justice is going to blow things up, it's the union of the two. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to just quibble with John for a second that he Good. said a, ba- a balance. And I don't know if balance is quite the right word. I think it's a union. I think of it more of as a union. So maybe well, they're, they're, they would be together. In fact, you, yeah. in order to have that right balance, you need the proper union. Yeah. You know, for example, if if someone is to uh, authentically appeal to mercy, there's also a component of restitution that comes in there. You know, for, so if someone's familiar with the, the sacrament of confession, for example, yeah. you go in, you confess your sins, but that doesn't mean you, you get off scot-free. There's still the consequence of the sinful actions themselves. And that's where justice uh, meets mercy, right? Yes. Yeah. So you, oh. you seek mercy, and you have to pay restitution. That's correct. Well, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we could just say flat out that there really is no authentic mercy without yeah. justice. Right. You have to say there is wrongdoing in the first place in order for mercy to be right. enacted. It doesn't even have any context. What does mercy mean without first understanding what justice is? Right? You know, one of the things that you, you commonly see is if someone does something wrong and they apologize for it, very often the response from the offended person is, that's okay. And right, I, like, right. as a parent, I always tell my kids, don't say that's okay, because it's not okay. Very good. You want to say, I forgive you. Yes. You don't want to say that's okay. What they did is, is wrong. Truth in language is extremely important because it reflects true justice. Yeah. Right? It's not okay. That right. would be a lie. Right. That what you just did is or okay. Or at least an error. Maybe yeah. not a lie, but an error. Yeah. Now, I think what, what they probably mean, and they're not saying it properly, is... Now it's okay that you said that. Things will be okay. Sure, right. Yeah, but the act itself is not okay. Yeah, it's just a little vague. So yeah. you want to specify that what you did was wrong, Yeah. but we're okay now, especially since you apologized, and I forgive you. I tell my kids, say, don't say that's okay. Say, I forgive you, but don't ever do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it reminds me of uh, Jesus with the, um, the, uh, the woman, woman at uh, uh, caught, uh, in caught in adultery, right? right. Uh, he didn't... Uh, 
Well, he said, neither do I accuse are they, you. Are they condemning you? And the woman said, no, sir. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. That's huge. Yeah, right. I mean, neither do I condemn you is the mercy. Yeah. Go and sin no more is the justice. He didn't say, that's okay. Yeah, he never said, that's okay. Right. Good point. Yeah. Am I hearing a little music in the headphones? And it's different. Yeah. The music is different. Is it yes. a song about mercy? Yes. Or justice? And the video doesn't pick up the music because only the headphones do, and you can't hear I got the music. Nothing. Because, um, yeah. Um, Cindy, is that music? I, I barely feel hear like it. I'm in timeout. Ah, there it is. Now yeah, I, I, hear. I did. I did hear the bells or the yeah, triangle. Yes. Yeah. You heard the, the triangle. Yes, oh, all right. Triangle. Well, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to Beneath the Surface Radio. Paul Morano here with my guests, Bob LeBlanc. Kent Niebuhr and John Tudoris. We're celebrating 15 years of Beneath the Surface, both television and radio. And our topic this evening is Mercy Without Justice, the Recipe for Disaster. Don't go anyway. We want your phone calls. We want um, uh, anything that you want to give us. And um, What's the phone number? Uh, 978-454-4980 is the phone number. So write that down. We'll be back just in a moment. Nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty. Thanks for thanks for joining us tonight on Beneath the Surface Radio. Here, the lovely WCAP studios. Our fifteenth anniversary for Beneath the Surface Television and Radio. There I go. My guests tonight are Mr. Bob LeBlanc, Mr. Kent Niebuhr, and Mr. John Tudoris. All insightful wise human beings. I've been doing this show for 15 years and I don't have a fan club. Uh, you don't have a fan club yet? Not one. Well, I, I tried to start it, but not one member. <laughs> There's not even one. I, I, I'm, I'm your fan. All right. Uh, did you have a fan club? I, I'll join. I have oh, a president okay. of a fan club. <laughs> oh, you do? That's right. <laughs> she, do. she said that she was, right? She, she, she nominated herself yeah. president and said, I'm the president wow. of your fan club. All right. He's way ahead of us, John. He's way uh, ahead are, of us. Are the initials TM? Yes, they are. <laughs> yes. 978 is our phone number. If you want to call up, get in touch with us. There you have it. All right. So... Should we define our terms first, and then we'll get into some um, secular and religious scandals? Sure. All right. All right. So, what is justice? And then we'll talk about what is mercy. Justice, right orderedness. Right orderedness. I like that. Giving a person what is they are due. Okay, that's certainly a part of it. Giving to those that that is the virtue of justice. How we uh, act justly. Uh, Bob stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's something unjust about stealing, isn't there? Yes, that's what I want to call call out, right? All right. Now. <laughs> so, in his perfect answer, it was an unjust answer. Okay. So, okay, let me put a spin on it. Yes, you you said you identified what he said as the virtue of justice. So, I'll say it is the giving of justice. I'll make it more abstract. Okay. Right. So, justice is um, another word for justice is rightness, or what's uh, the fancy or the Old English might call righteousness, right? Mm. Rightness is justice. Right orderedness. 
And according, of course, regarding us, it relates to living according to the natural order, according to reason, according to what is. So that's justice. We all strive for justice. Justice is simply uh, that which emanates from God himself that gives reason to the entire cosmos, the entire universe. What is mercy? Mercy, uh, I think, in terms of a synonym, I think of forgiving or forgiveness. Right? You do? Yeah. Well, that, that's a Com- way to... Or compassion. Yeah. So that's Repairing a way to act out mercy. broken justice. Ooh. Uh, I like repairing, repairing a broken justice. A broken justice. Okay, yeah. that's mercy. Um, isn't that restitution or retribution? That's included. I okay. think of it more of as restoring. Restoring. Or restoration, right? If you have mercy on someone, you're saying, okay, you're fallen, but yeah. let's get back to where you ought to be. But in that offer yeah. of, of, of bringing the person back justice up... Justice has to be served. Well, not only that, the per- what I was going to say is the person doesn't deserve it. Yeah, that's yeah. implied. That's implied, in, that's right. implied in the notion of mercy. It's a gift. Mercy yeah. is a gift. It's a gift that's not deserved. Right. Let me just add uh, that uh, mercy is restoring that relationship with wh- whomever. In particular, yeah. we're talking about God. And I think of the, the story of the prodigal son. Um, you know, the, the prodigal son realizes and repents and says, I'm going to go back to my father yeah. And, and say, I'm not deserving. And the father from far away looks on and just says, welcome back, son. Now, that's a wonderful story of mercy. Yes. Yeah, the son deserved none of that. Right. None of that. If you listen yeah. to that story. It, and at the same time, I would also say that even though the son did not deserve it, yeah. he has a right to the mercy, which is also a certain aspect of justice. Hmm. That there's that's a very interesting and, point. And, that's, and that, I would say, stems from the nature of God himself. That God, who, who is justice and mercy. That's correct. He has this perfect union in his being of all the things that we would talk about as virtues, love, yeah. justice, mercy, but we only understand them analogously to this perfect expression this perfect essence of these virtues within God. I so, if I just to clarify, in one sense, you're saying we don't deserve mercy. Yes. We deserve what we get, the consequences of our actions. Yes. On the other hand, we have a right to mercy. Yes. Because of the nature of God Himself. Right. We don't earn mercy, but because yeah. of the nature of God and our nature, we yeah. we have a right to it. So then, as reflections of God. We must seek and work for justice and also offer mercy. Right. I, I almost wanted to say as John was yeah. was speaking, I was full of love, which he always does that to me. You know you know you do that to me, right, John? Does that mean, <laughs> does that mean you seek both justice and offer mercy? So what, I'm, what I was All thinking right. as he was yeah. speaking is if I almost want to say if you take justice and mercy in their proper union, what you what you describing is love. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, and you cannot have love without either one of those in a, in a right balance. Right. It's, which, it's impossible. Which is interesting because in order to be merciful, you have to sacrifice something of yourself. You have to be willing yeah. to be wounded and then accept the offending party. Well, you have to accept your woundedness. How's that? Right. Yeah. Well, you have to be willing. In order to love, you have yeah. to be willing to be wounded at least to risk it, right? Yes. And then once the party wounds you, 
in order to exercise your love, you have to forgive them. You have to be merciful and just, but receive them back into your love. Yeah, and, and there you have the any marriage, whether it be marriage between Christ and his church, God and his people, or a man and a woman. Yeah. You seek the justice that is the right orderedness of marriage, right? Right. And yet, when people slip up, when they, you know, when they uh, make mistakes or commit sins, mm-hmm. we seek to uh, forgive right. and to, to offer mercy. Or we ought to. Yeah. We ought to seek to forgive. Yeah. All right. So then we have a uh, uh, somewhat of a uh, def- definition of what justice and mercy are. And we, we know that the, the proper balance of both is love. And if you have too much of one and not the other, you have an imbalanced love, which is a non-love. You have enabling, if you have mercy without justice, and you have harshness, if you have justice without mercy. So both are necessary. Um, Now, you want to get into what has been happening in the world today to, to apply this notion of you can't have mercy without justice. And there are a couple of things going on in the world that are, that are, you know, all over the newspapers, all over the headlines, and that is a couple of scandals, both, of course, relating to sex. Usually scandals are about sex or money. The, uh, the scandal in the church and the, uh, the scandal in the world that has uh, created the Me Too movements. Which one do you want to go with first? What presses in my mind is the church scandal. Okay. The, I, we did a show about it two weeks ago, and I'm still... Bob LeBlanc. I'm still thinking about this. Uh, you know, uh, you've brought it up many times, is, is that uh, uh, the one thing that, the, that a lot of preachers in the Catholic Church these days, and, and probably a lot of mainstream Protestantism, is this kind of pastoralism. Yes, uh, uh, over pastoralism. Yes, there's there's this uh, sacrificing the truth in order to be nice and comfortable yes. with everybody, make everybody feel kind of comfortable with who they are, feel accepted. Uh, this is an you're giving a good example of mercy without justice, aren't you? Yeah, mercy without justice. Yes, yeah. uh, the, you know uh, the, 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 that's why we have the confessional. You know, yes. there's the you, the the guilt part is an absolutely necessary part of the equation. You, and and I was going to say this before, but I think it's appropriate to say it now. Uh, in in my understanding of at least my own repentance is that I've sinned, and boy, I I just could not be ever forgiven for this. Like you know, in a certain natural, secular yeah. natural sense, is yeah. like that I've done something really wrong. And nothing repairs this, you know. It's it's. And you probably think, nor should I be forgiven for this. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a really deep sense of guilt. Okay. And 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 I think that that is a very good, healthy thing because I've mm. done something wrong. I realize the magnitude of that error, mm. of that wrongness, and and now well, it comes in the church with the, with the confession, and you say. You go there and you say, I'm so sorry for these sins, and you hear those words, I absolve you. And that's yes. when the mercy comes. And I would say, before I get to John's thought, I would say that you, don't, you, you want to understand properly what you just said, because what you said you, is that you appreciate the magnitude of the sin. You, you feel like you almost shouldn't be forgiven because of it. Right. However, you don't want to go overboard with that. Right. Because, Absolutely. Because you know, as a Catholic Christian, that God is willing and waiting for, to forgive you. He is waiting with yeah. open arms D- to, despite to forgive me. Yes. That feeling of magnitude, which, right. is, which is healthy, 
which is also healthy, is the recognition, the, the knowledge that God's mercy is infinite. Right. And that in the sacrament of confession, he waits there for there you. There is no sin so large wants that to God you. can't forgive. Amen. And no multiples of sins either. Right. Absolutely. The, the sacrifice of, of, of Christ on the cross is an infinite merciful giving to humanity. Except yes. for final impenitence. Right. Why don't you um, talk about what that means? Well, it just means that uh, uh, at, at the end where we just don't trust in God's mercy. We they, don't ask for they, it. We don't seek we, it. We don't yeah. seek it. We don't ask for it. God in his magnanimity. And, of course, it it's actually can be very deceptive, too, because uh, sometimes people may not be consciously thinking that I'm refusing God's mercy, but by their actions and the way they live their life, they can in de facto be in that state. I mean, hell doesn't start just when you get to hell. Hell starts here. Heaven yeah. starts here. Yeah. And it starts with the way we're living our life. And there's this natural projection. Virtues bring us closer to heaven. They're not heaven. They're not happiness under themselves. But boy, do they help you get there. This disposition towards doing things rightly ordered mm. in order that we might arrive at our destination. I mean, it's like a map, right? If you have a map, you know, you follow the yellow brick road, where does that lead? It leads to eyes. Well, that's analogous to heaven, right? Let's, mm. let's, let's yeah. replace that with heaven. You get off the road and you get the trees throwing apples at you. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of except, hellish. Except God isn't a wizard. He's actually the real thing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. of, and, of course, in heaven, you know, that's where you will have direct knowledge of the divine essence. And and there won't be any separation the way we have it now. I mean, well, we won't have the full capacity to know God in that way. But then also, too, getting back to that point, I mean, the final impenitence. I mean, if we are living mm. not out of love of God... Uh, we don't at least have that in the mind. We don't always have the capacity to think that way all the time, but the, the projection of our of what we do, right? You know, and, and the, what people don't realize too is that also uh, what we don't do, we can actually be held responsible for, right? If we should know and can know, and that yeah. we don't know because we're not willing to follow that little rabbit down the hole. We want to be willfully ignorant. Yeah, that's huge. There's a, uh, there's a difference in moral theology between invincible ignorance and voluntary ignorance. And you speak here of voluntary ignorance. Uh, well, uh, on my test, it yeah. was invincible ignorance. And invincible. if I didn't say yeah. invincible, you bet. <laughs> that's right. Invincible, bet. voluntary. The, the point is invincible that you can't invincible. you can't keep yourself deliberately ignorant of something because you don't want to know, because that won't be an excuse when you commit the sin. I just want to say yeah. that a, a simplified way, or at least the way that I always wrap my head around this final impenitence, is really when, when Christ says the only unforgivable sin is the sin against the Holy Spirit. So the imagery for me is God is pouring out himself yeah. on sinners, pouring himself out, and what impenitence is is like throwing up an umbrella yeah. or like sheltering yourself from God pouring himself out on you. Yeah. So the only unforgivable sin is not letting God forgive your sin. Yeah. Not saying, okay, God, forgive me. Right? Please forgive me. Yes. Right. Yes. That's, Being that's the only way you can't yeah. be forgiven because God is a gentleman. He knocks on the door, but he doesn't force, force you. In. Right. 
Because uh, he wouldn't respect our personhood the way he created us if right. he did. He gave yeah. us a choice, and we have to exercise yeah. that choice for him or against yeah. him. Bob, I'm hearing a lot of thought coming out of your head. Just wondering why I checked oh, really? for me. Um, yeah. Well, you, we, we started uh, with the question of, of you know, uh, is this damaging? Is this mercy without justice uh, creating damage? And I think we're witnessing that. I just want to just point that out explicitly that... We're seeing the effects of either not acknowledging the sin, which is one way to go wrong on, on justice, not acknowledging it, hiding it, acting right. like uh, the traditional ostrich, you know, poking its head in the sand yes. and saying, there's nothing there to see, folks, you know? Yes, yes. Um, and, and pretending and creating a narrative that's, uh, that ignores the pink elephant in the living room. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think... I think you said thankfully, and I, I agree with you. Thankfully, this stuff is being exposed, so we can have an actual purging. And you're of s- you're speaking of the scandal within the church now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, in one sense, it's an exciting time because stuff. You know, we, we live in a fallen world, and the church has has certainly been touched by the fact that we live in a fallen world. Uh, the church is not given the gift of impeccability, only infallibility. And so that's the church is a bunch of sinners, of course, until Christ comes back again. So a lot of dust has been, you could say, um, uh, stored underneath the carpet for... Swept under the rug. Swept under the rug for a lot of, a few decades now, it seems. It, right. At least it for feels. A long, yeah, no, for a long, long time. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, the dirt is there. We yeah. don't see it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the, the mound of dust yeah. is coming and, out. And now. what's exciting to me is that we're getting hints now that we're finally going to lift up that rug and sweep that dirt and cleanse it and polish it what are the and hints? make it all better. What are the hints that that's coming? Because, I, I, yeah. Well, the hints are that things are coming, seem to be coming to a head and out to light about these these improper behaviors. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if we're getting that from the church hierarchy that there's going to be a purging, that there's going to be a cleansing. No, it's uh, coming from, from it's it, coming from without. Exactly, it's coming from the laity. Yeah, I hear it from it's, the laity it's a lot. From so it's so that's in ground, a sense, in one sense, well. that's even better because if it comes from the bottom up. Yeah. Then the Holy Spirit is moving the whole church, we and hope. finally the hierarchy will have to do something about it. And, and they, in good conscience, I think they eventually will. That's what that's what has to happen. They have to be on board with it because yeah. it's been a very top-down thing imposed upon the church through. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. Okay. All right. Nine seven eight four five four forty nine eighty is our phone number. I don't think laity have been angels either. Uh, no, in, in definitely the, you know, not. In a few decades. Yeah. 978-454-4980. You're listening to Beneath the Surface Radio. Thanks for listening. We're here until 11 p.m. if you're listening live. My guests are Bob, Kent, and John, Paul Marano, and you are all going to be back right after this break. Don't go away. Welcome to my world. The video can't see hear this, but we're listening to something over the headphones. And what is it? Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. By who? Who does that song? That was uh, the Jim Reeves version. Jim Reeves. Okay. 
97845. Cindy is surprising us tonight with all these new songs, but uh, of course the video folks can't hear them, so it doesn't make any difference. 9784544980 is our phone number. I'm finding, finally hearing myself clearly through the headphones, which is always a good thing. Gentlemen, where? My guests tonight, Mr. Bob LeBlanc, Mr. Kent Niebuhr, and Mr. John Tudors, they're all here at the same time because we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of Beneath the Surface on both television and radio. And they, these three folks, have been with me almost the whole time. Say maybe 12 years? At least, yeah. How's that? Yeah. About 12 of the 15? Maybe, maybe 13 of the 15? I think Bob did a TV show a little before I did. And then uh, I hopped in on a few. Yeah? Okay. In Burlington. Yeah. When did we do that first? It was around 2006, I think, I remember doing a show. Okay. About that early. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have uh, had a lot of um, topics that we've gone beneath the surface on. Yeah. Uh, gosh. We I had a few good ones. There was uh, I I a lot the of good one ones. on uh, Mary was really good. Yes. Uh, the TV, that one. I remember the guys working the game. He's like, damn, it's a good show, man. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of really good topics. Tonight, on Beneath the Surface, we are talking about the notion of mercy without justice, the recipe for disaster. In one sentence or less, why is it disastrous, mercy without justice? It's permissiveness. Okay. In other words... It enables. It enables bad behavior. It doesn't check any kind of bad behavior. And it's not good for the people who you have false mercy upon. Exactly. It's like right. a, a drug addict. If you just keep giving them drugs or just yes. not intervening or something like that, and they're just going to continue to spiral downward. So we are hoping that in the church and in the world, in the scandals that we find in both places, that we won't... Um, we won't just fall to this notion of let's have mercy on these people and forgive them, which, of course, is very important, but without calling them out and cleansing uh, things from uh, that need to be taken care of. Yeah, I think for a yeah. long time, justice has been muzzled. Yeah. And so now we need to unleash justice, not, not at the expense of mercy, but we yeah. need that union of the two that we should have had all along. And as you say, maybe there's we can we can generalize and say before the sixties, before Vatican II, there was a little too much justice and not enough mercy, or maybe yeah. a lot too much and then the pendulum swung the other way. I think now we finally need to get it to right. To the point where truth is has become the new hate word. Yeah, I mean, right. I like to, you know, I, I created a word for myself called verophobia. I think a lot of people suffer from it today. Yeah. That there's a fear of truth. The uh, the college scene, uh, this, you know, trigger, uh, what did they call them? Trigger uh, safe zones and trigger warnings. Trigger warnings and, and all of this stuff that people, they just can't What's hear. What's a trigger warning? I'm sorry, I'm out of the loop. What's a trigger you, you just said one. It's basically... <laughs> I, 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 if you yeah. say if you say something that yeah. <clears throat> that people might be offended about, yeah, you have to warn them. I I'm guess offended. You well, mentioned I mean, that I'm offended. I mean, all of this nonsense that's going on today uh, on college campuses, but it's going on throughout all of society that we fear truth today because so many people aren't saying it, aren't speaking it, and we are accepting a false narrative that gives everybody mercy without justice, and it's a false mercy. It's an enabling. And scandal, of course, is going to, it will have to erupt when you live this way, Bob. 
It sure does. I think we see it with the Harvey Weinstein sort of thing that erupted yeah. the Me Too. The Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, well, we, 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 we certainly had uh, uh, the era of uh, sexual permissiveness starting in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, th- I think it, it, it really made victims out of women. Uh, the, yes. the, the fact that, that uh, <coughs> you really didn't give women a good... Mm-hmm reason to be able to say no. no anymore because it was expected that you would you know you would get what you want what so you in desired. other words throughout the centuries through, since the dawn of mankind men because of this their disordered desires of the paternal urge are should seek to take advantage of women women have always said uh, have been the gatekeepers of their own chastity right. and they they were of course the veto power and they said no because they had natural and supernatural excuses to say no. But you're saying the birth control pill has taken away that natural excuse to say no. Is that right, what you're saying? Right, right. Um, you know, I, I just, I know what it is to be a guy. I think yes. I know what it is to be a sinful guy. And, and I know in the past, you know, you could say something like, hey, baby, I love you. Yeah. I love you with my whole heart, and I'll never get rid of you or do anything to hurt you or right. anything like that sure. and mean that sincerely in the moment in the moment yeah absolutely and then, and then all of a sudden you know just like a child is with a, a toy that they were so interested in was very new yeah and something shiny, like that yeah. very shiny and then all of a sudden you get bored or something yeah. like that it doesn't have that shine anymore eros and, without agape gets boring yeah and and so you really hurt the woman. You made all these promises, and then you yeah. just decided, well, I don't feel like that anymore. In a sense, it's indirect. You know, people are going to yell at me for this one. But in a very indirect way, it's a form of rape. Yeah. I think I think, I think. think one follows after the other. They're calling the, the Me Too mm. um, stuff. This is, this is something well beyond yeah. uh, consent here. There's something closer to rape even though maybe there wasn't an a firm no that was said there were definitely women who were in a position where they were taken advantage they were taken advantage of yeah and sometimes it's difficult to know exactly where that line is but in, it used in, to be clearer well it used to be a whole lot clearer well as a society we, we the line was at marriage right. yes consent it's, comes with a ring yes exactly. consent literally is consent in front of family and friends and, and in God. a religious setting if you're religious in front of God that's where the and consent is right? yeah. because what, what you're talking about Bob is having these, the best of intentions what you're really getting at is permanence right, right? Yeah. and so when, when you say that I can tell you I love you and I can make this commitment but I can take it away at any time yes that's that's there was no commitment. If, no. if you have the option of taking it away at any time, that option there is never there. was a commitment. Morally, yes, that right. is correct. Because you're committing to, to... To say that you're committing to something temporary isn't a commitment. It's an oxymoron. You can't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... That's and that one... It was so, of so, like you said, with artificial birth control yes. and with divorce, especially no-fault divorce, it, it just obliterated marriage and it basically... I almost want to say institutionalize this quasi-rape that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The the fornication culture really is a, a indirectly a rape culture. 
and sometimes it's very difficult to know literally the difference between rape and non-rape. Yeah. Now, as, as we're seeing, as this as this Me Too mo- movement is being played out. Well, um, with all of this abuse that has been going on uh, in the secular world as well as the church. We see in this Me Too movement how both justice and mercy are violated. Yeah. Big time. Anybody want to elaborate on that? Uh, Bob pointed to me. <laughs> I was really just kind of had this blank uh, thing. You know, I, saw guys, it, I saw it in your guys, eyes. Guys yeah. have a nothing box. Yeah. I, I was right in that neutral spot right there. <laughs> yeah, I could and tell you. You, you, you called you, me right out. You were zoning out, but I, you, you heard everything I said, though. I, I did. Yeah. I did. I did. And then I looked over, and then Bob pointed, and I was really on the spot. <laughs> Look, it's, it's unjust, obviously, to abuse anybody. Yeah. Now, I will go further than that. It's unjust to abuse anybody, even if they consent to it. Absolutely. That's the problem today. They've gone halfway here. They're recognizing abuse without consent, but they're not recognizing abuse with consent. I can't tell you how many times my kids will say, I'll say, don't do that to your sister. And they'll say, but she's laughing. (laughs) Yes. That doesn't excuse it. It doesn't make it right. Yes. Here's the problem, Paul. Here's, yes. the, here's where's the, the real where's, problem. Where's the problem, Bob? It's and 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 you can see this. They say that pornography uh, doesn't create any problems, but it, it really does. It really helps you objectify the other person. It's not love. You're treating the person. You're training yourself to treat mm. the other person as an object, yeah. not as another person. There's no love there. Except maybe like you love apple pie or something like right. that. That's an object. That's an object. Yeah. But you delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. But it is not treating them as they should be treated as a person. You depersonalize somebody even in your mind or heart. And of course, Jesus said in the in the Sermon on the Mount that when you lust after a woman, even if it's just with your heart, you're committing adultery yes. in your heart. Very interesting. Very sobering words for our day, isn't it? Intentionally lusting after women, of course, is what pornography is all about right there can be yeah. no other object for yeah. pornography so so in this sense it is unjust to even look at and of course with the next step is act towards uh, women or anybody unjustly and this is the virtue of justice that you were speaking about before giving a person yeah. what they are due yeah. I, I would just add to all this too uh, what's come to my mind is is the lack of formation there's a certain unjustness in the forming. For example, when you talked mm. about how women were traditionally the gatekeepers, and in a certain sense, they would hold men yeah. to a higher standard. Yes. And there's a, there's a certain deformation that's going on. Most women don't realize the power that they have simply by saying, no, yeah. they can hold men to a higher standard. Well... Because of the popularization of the birth control pill, oh, they, yes. they fear that saying no will just have their man go to somebody else. Oh, sure. And, and there's a yeah. false virtue behind that, too, yeah. saying, well, you know, the responsible people, well, they use protection. Right. That's, that's safe. And, of course, that's not safe at all because you're putting yourself in danger. Uh, even, even if you don't have a child immediately at that point, it's a deformed valuation uh, that you're promoting. What does it protect? It doesn't protect from broken hearts. It doesn't protect no. from uh, self-worth. It doesn't protect from no. enabling yourself to give yourself fully to your future spouse. It doesn't protect yourself from a lot of things. That's right. We also have to say here, yeah. I think you're absolutely right what you said, John, yeah. about women 
uh, having the power to say no and, and how powerful that really is. But men have to rise to the occasion because, as you said, Paul, yeah. if a woman says no to me and I just move on to the next woman, all I'm doing is giving the woman a disincentive to say no. Absolutely. No question about it. So men are just as much a problem in this as women exactly. are. Exactly. Yes. So it's, it's not like it starts with women and men will follow. And men by the way, the birth, starting it also. the birth control what a, what pill... What a man should do is come at the woman with a ring. And not say, not come at her without a ring and say, hey, you know, why don't you sleep with me? The man should come at her with a ring and say, marry me. Yes. And uh, go from there. Birth control was created by a man. Yeah. Isn't that a Men, quote-unquote, benefit, and I put it in quotes because they really don't, right. but they think they benefit from being able to use women at their own, uh, whenever right. they desire. less men. What, what birth and, 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 and the results, they become less virtuous, become less manly. Yeah. They're, they're unable to uh, discipline themselves in a virtuous manner. They become, in a sense, they become wimps. And they think they're becoming more macho. Right. Well, the birth control pill is abuse in itself yeah. from a medical perspective. Yes. Uh, I think a year or two ago, uh, there was a woman col columnist uh, in the UK who was, who was complaining about men being wimps because they developed a birth control pill for men. Yeah. And it had certain side effects. And she was going, now, wait a second, guys. We've been suffering all along with possibility of stroke with all these other uh, things. Heart attack. It's a, it's a class one. Breast uh, cancer. Yeah, breast cancer. Carcinogen. And, and, and she's going, well, why won't men put up with it? Well, I remember years ago when Janet Smith had contraceptive, why, contraception, why not? That, that tape, she, yeah. That tape, and she mentioned the same very thing. You know, yeah. they, they developed, and I guess there was some sort of shrinkage in the testes, and they said, yeah. we're going to stop this yeah. uh, male birth control pill right yeah, now. Anything that affects males uh, doesn't fly, but if it affects fem females Absolutely. in a negative way, well, well, we can experiment with that. That sort of truth needs to get out there, I think. Yeah, women, 1058, like we still have two minutes, died, right? Or four women died. Yes. Men had a little shrinkage in their testes, and yeah. something like four women, eight women died. And they, and they just, just reduced the dosage. They just reduced the dosage. And in in reducing down. the dosage, it actually now acts as an abortifacient. Right. Because now, it's when, when there is conception, the, the birth control pill makes the uterine lining impossible for the tiny human being, the tiny embryo, to, to attach to. And they flush out of the woman without them even knowing it. So, so there, wait a minute, there are a lot of abortions that have occurred today. This needs to get out that, uh, that women don't even know about. Instead of a man coming yeah. at a woman with a wedding ring, he comes at her with birth control of yeah, some form. exactly. And says, here, now you don't have an excuse to say And we all wonder why there is abuse and why there's scandal today. Yeah. There you have it. And I, I would, I would say, tying this back to the topic at hand, that uh, it's unjust. The yeah. birth, what the what the pill does, it disrupts what should be rightly ordered, which is love. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.